Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Irish Tennis Updates podcast. Thanks very much for tuning in again. My name's Adam, I'm your host. Today I'm talking to the current Irish number one on the men's side, with a career-high singles ranking of 512, winner of one pro singles title, uh, currently aged just 20, Simon Carr. This is a great chat with Simon. We talk about the lockdown and return to tennis, Simon's successful junior career, winning his first pro title last year, playing Davis Cup, his ambitions for the future, and much more as well. I really hope you'll enjoy this episode. So here we go. uh, Simon, if you could have any superpower, uh, what would you choose and why? Um, Probably either invisibility or teleportation just for the convenience of when you're when you're in a situation that you don't like to be and you can just kind of get out of it you know so probably either either one of those two they're pretty similar i think yeah um yeah so just going back um you know taking it so how are you how are you getting on like how was lockdown being the last few weeks um, yeah it's how- been good uh i know i've speaking speaking to a lot of the other guys it's it feels like it's just like a timeout break in their in their tennis careers and lives that you never really get an opportunity like this ever again you know because it's been well it's already been two months and god knows how much longer it's going to be yeah um so i'm just trying to obviously you've you've gone i've gone through pretty some pretty tough times in this wondering when we're going to play again all that sort of thing but the best thing i think you can do is is to not really think about that and i've been working a lot physically because the start of the year i had a few problems physically i I didn't feel like i was fit enough so i really found it a good opportunity to work on that and and if if i could really improve one thing at the at the end of the lockdown it'd be to be be a better athlete in general and um just to be hungrier coming back because as i said before we're never gonna have no tennis players ever gonna have a, a a time like this in their lives to work on on the stuff that they can work on you know yeah, no, I was going to ask you about how you were keeping kind of fit and active. So it is, it's, you know, mm. it's good that you've been, you know, obviously keeping and, and even, you know, so it's not even just keeping it, you've been almost improving it, it sounds like, you know, bringing it Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My, my, my dad's a, my dad's my physical trainer. So yeah, I'm really lucky that way. Like I wake up in the morning and I have, I have a canal up the road. I have the greenway I can run on. And um, my, my garden's big enough to do some movement and stuff. And I have a gym in the garage. So basically right. yeah. to work on stuff physically, I have a tennis court up the road as well. I've been using, so to work on physical, it's it's. I couldn't actually ask for any more. I know so many players are in a lot worse positions than I am, and I'm and I'm grateful for that. Yeah, um, I just want to ask because I know you were you were playing an event in South Africa the week that everything mm. was called off. So yeah, um, I just I'm interested. How was that week? You know, the experience. I'm sure that's obviously something you've never experienced before. Yeah, it was, was cancelled, but how, yeah, how was absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah, it was really strange. I mean. I was in Dubai actually the the two weeks beforehand, and and that's when it kind of started to to kind of pick up steam a little bit. And and honestly, before I went to Dubai, I didn't really hear about it to be honest. And then I was saying this is some, and then two weeks later, the whole world is shut down. Yeah. So it just shows really how quickly that it kind of it kind of turned like that. When I was in, well, obviously I played two weeks in South Africa, uh, and it was during the second week, and I, I was out of the tournament singles and doubles, but. I was um, possibly going to fly to Sp- or Portugal after that. So I was really staying around to kind of see, because uh, obviously you're getting wind of, oh, they're going to cancel this, they're going to cancel that. And, and tournaments were changing venues, trying to stay on to the last yeah. minute. You know? and, and I was kind of playing the waiting game. And then it was the Wednesday or Thursday, I think. Was it Thursday? Yeah, it was, it was something, yeah. Something, something like midweek. Yeah. And I was about to 
book a flight to Portugal, and then we got wind from the ATP supervisor that the whole, the, all the tours were going to be cancelled and stuff. So I just got on a flight home as soon as I could, and yeah, it was it was it was surreal. It was it was something I've never, obviously, anyone else has never experienced. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was a strange one. Yeah, um, and then. Obviously, as you mentioned, you're getting back to a little bit of tennis now um, mm. this week. But I mean, how do you feel about you know a return to, to some pro tennis? Are you thinking 2020 or yeah. you looking, realistically you're looking into into next year? I don't. I like it's such a it's so difficult to tell. And obviously, as I said before, it's the more you think about it, the more your kind of head spins and you're kind yeah. of going, oh, well, this has to go right and this has to go right and all that sort of stuff. And like, I'm thinking best case scenario. September October for professional tennis that's obviously fingers crossed hopefully that happens yeah but but realistically speaking I'd be surprised if it was before I mean if it's clear by November December they're not going to say we'll wait till 21 they're going to try to put events yeah. on as soon yeah. as possible because they've lost so much revenue from tournaments and, st- and all of that sort of stuff and uh, so I think realistically it'll be 2021 I'd, I'd be the, wor- yeah. the worst case scenario is that something like the the Australian Open doesn't happen, and that would be yeah. a massive that would be a massive blow for for everyone involved, like tennis wise, sport wise, um, and just it carrying into another year. I think everyone, I think we'd all sign up now for a fresh start in twenty twenty one. To be honest, if if we're, yeah. if we're being real, you know. So, um, but the thing about it is, the ATP aren't gonna or the ATP all the tours and the governing bodies of tennis, they're not gonna make a call four or five months in advance. They're yeah. gonna keep. They're going to keep playing a waiting game, which is difficult because if they're to say tomorrow that 2021 is going to start fresh, then you can kind of do something. You know, you can you can do start doing some coaching. You can maybe get a job somewhere, do something like that. But the fact that you're really always playing a waiting game for it could be what two six weeks to eight weeks in advance, then you could be start being a professional tennis player again. So it's not really that much time to do anything else, you know. So that's the, that's the tough part of it, and you're just trying to keep keep working on the things you can day in day out and, and and see what see what happens yeah no for sure i think that does add a lot of difficulty to us um mm. i just within tennis there's been a lot of talk of the um you know, the player you know, play relief fund and all the financial yeah. help so i mean yeah. just as as a player um in a position that uh, the talks you know would have would have included mm. you, um you based on your ranking so i just have you well what kind of stuff have you heard or what, what kind of yeah like i saw the- I saw the stuff originally that um, obviously it was, I think it was Djokovic, uh, Nadal, and Federer put out. Mm. I think that's that was what it was, and that was going to be from two fifty to or two fifty to seven fifty, right? Some yes, I think something yeah, along yeah, those yeah. numbers, yeah. But yeah. I, I subsequently um, haven't heard much from. It. I think it's pretty pretty much on ice. Obviously, if it's if it is d- does end up being the seven seven hundred seven fifty mark, I'm going to be in it because I'm yeah. five. Um, which is good, and obviously, with every with every situation like this, I've seen a lot of stuff. Guys who are seven hundred, eight hundred, who aren't very happy about it on Facebook, and, so, and they're totally entitled to be because in in every situation, someone's going to get shafted. You know, the number if it's seven hundred, number seven hundred one is going to yeah. be the most annoying guy in the world. You know, but like there has to be someone. I don't mean I don't mean it to sound bad. And if if it was I'm five twenty thirty something, thirty one. And if it's five thirty, I'll be shafted, and obviously it'll yeah. suck. But like, it, there has to be one group of players that are going to feel like they've been hard done by, you know. So, I think it's a great idea. Um, it really shows, to be fair, that Djokovic and and those guys really care. I know Djokovic has a brother who played um, 
and it was he was part of a bracket of the lower rank guys. Um, so obviously he he um, he kind of has the experience from his brother playing, but it's it, it's good to know that they actually care. You you feel like they're in their own little world sometimes, but a lot of like the, the the vast majority of professional tennis players are in the lower rank categories because there's only one top hundred, you know. So yeah, yeah, it's good it's good to know that that they're thinking about it and there's stuff going on in the background. Hopefully it'll come come through pretty soon. Yeah, um, yeah. I just want to go back. Um, earlier on in kind of tennis for you so just to take it back to the very beginning where did where where did tennis start for you yeah I, I started when I was nine in Mullingar um started pretty pretty uh locally just doing the Kit Kat tennis and so I think it was either Kit Kat or Shreddies at the time um and uh yeah just I just really enjoyed it when I was younger Um I always I'm a, I'm a really competitive guy so in everything, I I, uh, I kind of want to win and stuff, and I enjoy the individual aspect. Obviously, now the individual aspect is can can come across tough, but I still enjoy it. Um, traveling on your own and stuff is obviously very difficult. I didn't I didn't had I known that when I was nine, I probably would have thought a little bit more about it. Too. <laughs> no, I, I I enjoy the individual the individual aspect. Um, obviously, when you're younger, you're playing in groups and stuff, and you're in squads and growing up playing in the Leinster squads and national squads and stuff like that and um yeah i just always enjoyed it because there was as i said before there was always a group of us in mullingar um under a good coach who who kind of got a lot of enthusiasm involved and stuff like that and uh, yeah i really enjoyed playing the the irish tournaments around like temple Oak and malahide and stuff like that and pretty pretty um pretty normal kind of route for an irish tennis player and i really started to take it a lot more seriously as I after my junior cert, I did TY and I haven't been back in school since. But I'm doing um, doing some college courses in UCD and stuff, which are kind of keep me going. That uh, that I've been enjoying and 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 yeah, that's that's kind of how my my route's been so far. Yeah. So as you then were taken a bit more seriously, how often did you train and kind of who were you training with at that mm, time? When, when I was when I was I started taking the hours up gradually, but when I was the biggest change for me was after ju- my junior cert was when I went to, into TY and took the year out to play tennis. Yeah. Um, and I was training every day up in DCU. Luckily for me, Sam Barry was there at the time. Okay. Um, and it was, it was unbelievable for me to get to, to get with to hit with Sam. He was, I'm going to say he was, he, he was top 300 at the time. So that was an unbelievable experience. And Sam is always really good to me. He's, he's still really good to all of us. He, um, with the advices and stuff like that and, and lessons learned and, and stuff like that. And uh, when I was there, there was a good, there was a decent group of us um, who were, who were doing full time and full time was three to four hours a day yeah. and an hour of physical. It's kind of, it's kind of what I'm still doing to this day, you know? So um, yeah, I just, I just gradually as I, as I kept getting older and older, you get the hours you take up. And obviously if you're playing sports when you're younger, you're not gonna. You're not gonna be able to keep it going physically. Uh, the older you get, you know. I think. It, I think it's great to play uh, all sports when you're younger, but there's a, there comes a stage in every player's career where they kind of have to make a decision, time wise and phys- physicality wise, that they can only play one sport. Yeah. No. At, at that time, did you have a, an idol <clears throat> or a kind of a, a favorite player you you looked up to? Yeah. I I always I always looked up to all the Irish guys. Sam. Connor Nyland, yeah. Luke Sarmson, McGee, um, the doubles guys as well, O'Hare and Klusky, they were all yeah. they were always around and I really looked up 
to, to those guys because I, I always got to practice with them. They're always very nice to me. Um, obviously, the, the obvious ones, Nadal, Federer, um, yeah. Djokovic, they're all, they're all obviously uh, the greatest of all time. And, and obviously, you're, you're stuck to the, the TV screen when you're younger watching those three guys predominantly. So those, yeah, but Nadal was probably my favorite out of all of them. I, I, I really kind of tried to model my game off him when I was a lot younger, um, which obviously wasn't difficult playing on AstroTurf courts. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I lost a few matches because of, of that. But um, yeah, those those three guys and all the Irish guys were kind of my, my idols growing up. Yeah. Um, so obviously then you, after the junior cert, you said you started to take it a bit more seriously. Um, and you had obviously a really, you know, a really, really impressive junior career, got up to, to 42 um, in the world heights, which is, which is really, really impressive. But um, yeah. is, did you have a, a best moment of, of kind of junior career that you, you look back on? Um, best moment. There's a few, obviously I'll, I'll always say juniors were some of the best years of my life, you know, my life. Um, there's so many, you, you're seeing the same people every week. You like some of my best friends are from juniors, um, and just the, the like the social aspect of juniors was just like totally different to what it is on the tour. Okay, um, which uh, which took a bit of getting used to at the start, but it, it's it's they both have their pros and cons. Um, my favorite, my 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 best junior memory would have been either the last sixteen at the U.S. Open, yeah. um, where I made a bit of a run and nearly made quarters and lost a tough three-set match and what the other one would have been my final in the grade one in Spain where I lost to Davidovich who's I think he's 80 something now yeah yeah Yeah, he's 80 something I I was a set and a break break up in the third I had a good chance to win that one but that was an unbelievable week I played a lot of good matches I beat a lot of players who are now pretty high who are 200 300 in the world and um, yeah it, it was it was my last year of juniors was was obviously my best year, and it was the year I enjoyed most because I was I was winning the most, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So then, obviously, you were going through the juniors, and then at what point did you decide to go pro? Um. Kind of, and, and not take the college route and take the the going pro uh, straight yeah. away. So, at what point did you make that decision, and, and what were the main kind of reasons for that decision? Yeah, I probably I probably made the decision when I started to travel for 20 plus weeks a year, you know, yeah. playing juniors. Cause I, I, I always kind of mix the juniors and futures with which has really stood to me now because the, the earlier you start the futures, it's, it's so difficult to get through them because there's so many good tennis players. Um, I started, I started to think about it obviously when I was, when I was 14, 15, when I took the year out of school and then, and then as soon as I didn't go back uh, to school in fifth year, yeah, the decision was kind of made, you know, because I didn't have any formal education, which which obviously I'm I've, I've subsequently started doing in UCD, which has been great. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think after after I finished my my TY year out, I was kind of like, this is what I want to do, and this is yeah. where I'm, this is where I'm going to go. Um. How easy or or hard did you find that transition uh, when you started playing more and more futures, and obviously finished up in juniors? So how, how were those yeah. initial months and 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 couple of years? transition wise for you yeah it was it was really tough actually I struggled obviously because I was playing the two of them at the same time for a while and in the juniors and futures I was kind of had no pressure when I went to play futures yeah but then when I didn't have a junior tournament to go to after a futures say it was kind of like oh wow this is this is totally different because now it's 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 me traveling every week playing against guys who are 25 30 years old and there's no real social aspect to him. And, and that was something I, I, I struggled with a little bit at the start. Um, I, I had a decent year 
futures-wise in my last year of juniors as well. I made semis of the Irish Open and had a decent ranking. But the, the year after, I think, if, if you look back at my results, was probably one of the, the, the years I struggled most with in, in, in my career because I, didn't, I, was, I was losing a lot of first rounds in futures. It, it's such tough... It's such a tough transition because when you're not seeded in these futures, you can draw guys who are four or five hundred in the first round every yeah. week. It's so tough because everyone, even if they're not four or five hundred, three, four or five hundred, there's so many good players in futures, and some people don't even realize that that there there's so much depth in men's tennis. Um, and that was something I really struggled with. This kind of you're looking at this guy who's maybe ranked twelve hundred, and you're feeling like you should win, but he can play some unbelievable yeah. tennis, and he does it. He beats you in a third set tiebreak, and you're out first round, and you're in the middle of nowhere in Portugal. It's just, it's just tough. I mean, it's a, it, it's tough to deal with that every week, and you can it can really snowball, and you can get on a run of of defeats and stuff, which which really eat eat away at you. But um, you got to remember that everyone goes through results periods like that, and yeah, and you just got to try and keep going and and find a patch. So I guess 2019, I guess, is kind of when you know you had a, I guess a bit of a breakthrough and had, mm. I guess, your best year um, to yeah. date. But at the yeah. start of the year, before I get into kind of the how the year was for you, at the start of the year, the ITF brought in their transition tour and the kind of the slightly different ranking systems. Yeah. So I just um, like how big an effect did that have on you? Did, did it like you know was it was it really important? I know there was a lot of criticism. Yeah, well, in, the, in the media, but how much did it actually affect you as as a player? Yeah. Well, I uh, like I can't really say it, it affected. Like if anything, it actually helped me a little bit because. At the start of the year, obviously, they made that change and players were trying to play 25s and challengers to get these ATP points. Yeah. Um, but I obviously, my ranking wasn't good enough to get me into that many 25s or challengers. So I was playing the 15s. Um, I, I obviously won my first title in Portugal when they were, or Portugal, in Tunisia, when they were ITF points. So that I still yeah. didn't have an ATP ranking, but I had a pretty good ITF ranking. Um, so then when they changed that, in I was actually in Uganda at the time, which I'd come off a final a semi and a semi. So when they changed that, I was obviously in a really good spot because I'd gained these ITF points that were yeah. going to convert now into ATP yeah. points. So obviously that was that was huge, and it really actually, if anything, it kind of benefited benefited me. And I was one of the lucky ones that it helped. I know there was a lot of guys who had one or eighty one or two ATP points and felt like they should have played challengers or 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 twenty five Ks. Um, to be able to expand on them, but the level of the, those tournaments are so are so good that it's so difficult to do. You know, you know that's very interesting that it almost had you know it it it, it benefited you. But yeah, so obviously, twenty nineteen yeah. was that year that you you won the title, as you mentioned. So I just mm. um so so that week in Tunisia when you won the title, um I remember you know like each day I'd I'd check the you know like I you're going to school you know I'd know okay he's playing at like. 12 or something yeah. so, so when I finish school I'll check it on my phone you know yeah, then, yeah. like each day um, you know like you were playing you know like it was a lot, a lot of seeds and a lot of kind of deciding set matches mm, but yeah. it seemed like you know you just came through them all you were just obviously yeah. you know like it was almost like you were just you know, that week you were kind of invincible so like yeah, how, it, how was that week just talk me through a bit, a, a bit just like how it felt it, was, it was it was an unbelievable week I was there with um with a couple of my my friends, two French guys that were obviously also playing the tournament, and um, yeah, the matches I, I actually carried a bit of an injury into the first round match, and I was a little bit iffy whether I was okay. going to play or not. But I played an unbelievable match, um, 
and and kind of and kind of came through pretty quickly. Uh, second round was was probably was probably the best match. I was it was six and a third. I was first game. I was cramping the whole third set. The first game or the first point of the tiebreak in the third, we played this massive long point, and and uh, I ran up for the ball, and and I was running as I kept taking another step. I could feel my muscle just getting worse yeah. and worse. So I came, I, I was nearly at the ball and, and I literally just fell on the ground because I couldn't move my legs anymore. So I stayed in the ground there for about five minutes while the cramps went. Your man thought I was going to retire. So obviously he was, he, he was obviously not in a bad spot, but I got up there and won the next seven points in a row. I think about, I think I hit about, I think I hit about six forehand winners because <laughs> I was just like, I can't move. So I'm just going to try and tee off a yeah. little bit. And then again in the next round uh, against three seed, or sorry, yeah, the three seed yeah. uh, French guy. I was also cramping in the third set. And then the next day, the same thing. I didn't cramp, but it was a really long match. And then the final, I just played a pretty, pretty, really solid match against a guy who was, I think he was 100 in the world, Lindell. He, he played Song at the, or the French Open and stuff. And it was weird. All week was, it, it, as you said, like I actually kind of nearly felt invincible because I was, after every match, I was, I was, just thinking so positively and, and and obviously it's easy to think positive when you're winning but I was just thinking like oh I, I'm not going to lose this week I'm going to win the tournament after every after every match I called either my coach or my parents I was like yeah I'm, I'm going to win the tournament and that's some so obviously some place that I haven't been able to get to get back to since because yeah. I haven't won a tournament since but um that week was incredible and it, it's just it's just crazy how how good I felt the whole week and so how was that winning feeling then when you did win the the final I know the final wasn't the the it might not have been you know, the 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 tightest match of of the week but how was how was that feeling when, when you did uh clinch the title it was it was incredible because obviously it was my first final as well it was actually yeah. oh, my fourth or fifth semi-final only and it was the first time I'd been in the final and I was playing obviously Lindell who was pretty high in the world and it was it was it was it was a strange one because the match we were both kind of a little bit tight, but I was I was more solid, so I was kind of winning. And it's it's so difficult to put out of your mind that that it's a final um, and that it's your first final. It'll be your first title. Um, but I, the winning feeling, yeah, it, I got a little bit tight towards the end, but it was it was it was um, it was it was good. I mean, I rang home straight afterwards, and everyone was pretty happy. But I actually to go on for the doubles final like fifteen minutes later. Yeah. Um, because they actually can't, or they cancel the doubles the day before because of rain or something, and I actually had to go on to the doubles court 15 minutes later, so I didn't have much time to celebrate. <laughs> and you won that doubles final as well, did you? No, we didn't. We no, lost. Didn't. We lost to the guy I beat in the singles in the semis. Okay, so a bit of a bit of revenge, maybe. A bit of revenge for them. <laughs> I didn't. Really, I didn't really mind too much. Yeah, you were probably you're happy yeah. with, with your week already. Um, yeah. No, that's incredible. Um, yeah. So just then, um, another question. I know you've played in, in Dubai a couple yeah. of times now in the ATP event. So I'm yes. just interested, how was that experience, uh, first of all, from, from the matches point of view, like level-wise? Mm. And I know obviously the guys you were playing would have been you know, considerably higher up in the ranks, but how did you feel yeah. um, the matches went level-wise? Yeah, I mean, it, it, was a bit, it was a bit surreal the first time um, because I only found out, I played on the Saturday, I only found out I got the wild card on the, on the Thursday. I was up, on the way up to DCU. Okay. and we didn't hear anything back. We'd emailed them and stuff like that. And, and 
we ended up calling them on the Thursday just to kind of put an end to it and just yeah. be like, look, obviously I haven't got the wild card. Yeah. So then we rang and they said, look, yeah, you do have the wild card. So we booked a flight to Dubai straight away. Yeah. I was on the way up to train and I just went straight to the airport, booked a flight straight away. It was a night, it was a afternoon, evening flight and, and we got there pretty late. And then I had only one day of preparation yeah. um, and obviously the climate's totally different to Ireland in February was, was bloody freezing and Dubai was like 30 degrees with humidity and stuff. So it was a bit of a change and I felt a bit rushed in it. Um, yeah. I played a decent match, but, but my opponent was more experienced and, and played a better, played a better, um, played a better match than I did. It was, it was Mirza Basic from Bosnia. Yeah. It's a And the second time this year, this year was a lot better because I found out a lot earlier that I had the wild card. Yeah. So I went over on the Wednesday and got two good days practice in beforehand. Um, but that was, it was also strange because I was due to play Cole Schreiber in the first round yeah. of qualifying. And I'd heard in the, in the lobby of the hotel that there was, there was people saying that there was, a, um, there was an alternate in qualifying and that someone got into the main draw because of someone pulling out or whatever. Yeah. And I obviously didn't think too much of it because you don't really want to be thinking about who it is and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so I got into the practice court through my warm-up and uh, someone came on and, and said, um, you're not playing Cole Schreiber, you're playing Hanschman, which is which was tough because I'd, I had a full game plan mapped yeah. out for, for playing Cole Schreiber and it totally changed 15 minutes before the match, which was, which was very difficult. But it was also difficult for him because he was an alternate and he obviously arrived late and wasn't, that acclimatized to the situation yeah. and stuff um which showed at the start i went up three three love uh early i had actually a break points for four love but he 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 had a good serve and and he he caught his way back we played a tie break played a good tie break and go back to my the physical problems i was telling you about at the start i i started to cramp a little bit in the second set which is which is obviously not good enough um to be cramping in the second set of a of a of a match like that and that's that's it, it was disappointing to cramp in the second set, but yeah. it is what it is, and I, I, I definitely won't. It won't be happening again, that's for sure. Yeah. Then, in terms of the experience, like, how was it just being in such a, a big event compared yeah. to the, the futures you'd be, you know, playing? It was, the time? It, was, it was. It was unbelievable. I mean, I got to practice with so many good players. Um, you, you just get to see up close um how how they go about their business and stuff and 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 in reality it's 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 not that different i mean people see them on the t- on the television and stuff and and they think oh it's a different world and i i when i was younger i obviously did as well but then you go there and you're and you practice with them and it, it's the exact same i mean everything's a lot nicer you're playing in a, in, in a nice stadium and stuff but like they they go through the routines they go to the gym in the morning they've obviously they've people with them which you don't really have in futures um they go through the routines they play the match go back to the hotel it's all the exact same yeah um it's just on a just on a more exclusive and nicer level you know yeah so i just want to to talk for a moment about, about irish open so your experience playing um yeah. in ireland the last couple of years so how have you know obviously having home support and i guess there's probably bigger crowds would come some of the time than, than in a lot of the events you play so yeah. How, how do you do you deal with the different atmosphere you know like how, how do you deal with that that different atmosphere yeah. to usual yeah obviously it's it's totally different being able to play at home and 
have a, have a decent sized crowd and um, watching watching you play tennis, um, which you don't really get when you're when you're outside the country. Um, I've always I've always really enjoyed playing playing the Irish Open, even if uh, Astro doesn't really suit me that well. Yeah. But you'd, I adapted for I, I adapt for one week every yeah. year, so it, it's fine. Um, yeah, the, the home support's really nice to have. My family and and a couple of my friends always come and watch, and I, I enjoy it. I've made I've made the semis twice, um, which uh, when I was pretty young, when I was seventeen, and last year as well, yeah. where I lost to Sizling and played a few good matches to get there. Um, so I've always really enjoyed it. It's 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 a really good event. I just want to mention briefly two two matches from last year. So for, first that that match with mm. with with Peter, um, obviously, yeah. uh, you know there would have been a bit of conflict maybe in the crowds to two home home players. But yeah. like, how, how was that match for you? It it was it was really good. Yeah, I think I think we both played a played a really good match and and it was played in a pretty good spirit as well. So I have no no like there's no contentiousness over that yeah. it, was, it was it was it was fun um yeah, the last game the last game was pretty tight as well so um no i i really enjoyed it and, and i think we both played a really good match and actually a really good tournament from both of us up until then and yeah it was it was one break in the third set it was it was obviously a really close match and uh, i thought i thought personally we played really well both of us and um, then into the semi-final you played sizling who's career high i'm not sure exactly but you know top 50 probably um, yeah 50 something yeah yeah so how was that match um you know having, having the home support playing a player with the experience mm. um i know it was it was quite close uh, it was yeah. a three setter as well so do you do you have much do you have many memories from that match yeah like i actually it was it was it was quite different feeling than walking out the day before against peter because yeah. obviously the, the crowd's totally there's only one irish player involved yeah. so the crowd's totally um on your side and it was it was a good it was a good match i I've played a few guys who are pretty highly ranked before in their careers. Um, I think Sizing is probably the highest one that I've played. But um, yeah, he he had, a, he had a tricky game style to play against, especially on the AstroTurf. Yeah. He's a good serve. He has an unbelievable slice backhand, and, and he takes the forehand really early. Um, so it was it was a tough match. But I I I played it. I, I thought I played a really good match as well. Um, I I struggled a little bit physically um, the whole week with my hip. Um, I had a bit okay. of a problem with my hip the whole week, and I played I played three sets the first round against Sam Bothwell. I played three sets the second round against Scott Duncan, and then three against Peter. And then yeah. it it was difficult after going down that break, and kind of the 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 adrenaline from the crowd kind of taking you through the second set. And it, it was seven five. I kind of I kind of nicked it off him um, with a few close calls from the umpire. <laughs> But uh, no, yeah. Once I went down a break in that third set, it was difficult physically to kind of get myself get myself back into that match, and 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 he did a good job of of closing it out. Yeah, um, I just want to go on to to Davis Cup for a couple of moments. You've played um, yeah. a few times uh, for Ireland, so how how much of a, a target was that for you? Kind of growing up, you know, Davis Cup as a as a big goal, or how how was that for you? Yeah, yeah. It's it's always been a really big goal for me. I remember when I was when I was a lot younger. I think I was just started playing tennis. I went to watch Ireland play Tunisia in Riverview, yeah, and they actually won that in the fifth rubber. I think Barry King won the fifth rubber against against the Tunisian guy, and Nyland was playing as well. It was obviously when Nyland was playing slams and stuff, so it's yeah. like it was unbelievable for me to be able to watch those guys. And yeah, I think I think Davis Cup is is it's probably my favorite week of the year. To be honest, I love being 
in the team environment and around the lads and stuff. And it, it, it's always been a massive, a massive goal. But you kind of know that if you're focused on yourself personally and ranking wise, I mean, you're going to get, you're going, uh, you're going to get onto the team because the reality of it is, we're not in a country that has five top hundred players, you know. Yeah. So you're you're going to be able to get on it pretty young if if you have a decent junior career and a, do, a decent ranking. Um. So yeah, it was obviously. Unbelievable to get my first cap and um, playing playing the ties and stuff. We didn't play the ties last year, but yeah, playing the ties in against Denmark and Norway and to be able to play as well was was really good and I, I thoroughly enjoyed the experiences. You know, I know. Then last year you um, were playing in in the group stages and you you you, you personally, but the team obviously did did did, did really well and, and ended yeah. up getting, getting promoted. Um, mm. So how was that that week? Kind of as as the week got on and you were you know doing well and doing well the whole way. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was that was an unbelievable week as well. Um, obviously, the 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 opposition isn't as tough as yeah. say someone like playing Casper Ruud or yeah. Freddie Nielsen from Den or yeah from Denmark, and you're playing guys from lesser countries. But it, you still have to stay focused, you know, because every spot in every match you play and every spot in the group stage counts, you know, because. Obviously, they they ended up promoting us because we were second, but there was a chance we we mightn't have been promoted. Yeah. So it it was it was it was a really good effort from all of us to stay focused the whole week, um, and to and to be able to play get into a rhythm of actually playing a lot of matches because I played, I think I think I played five matches that week, yeah. um, in, in a row, which was it was physically tough by the end. The last, obviously, playing in the final, the last match is going to be the toughest one. Yeah, because you're playing against a team like Cyprus, who are obviously very good and they have some good players. Um, but it, it was a, it was a totally different experience to play in the the, the ties, um, where the whole kind of week builds up to one match. Um, but but the group stages had more of a feel that it was kind of like a tournament because yeah. you get in a rhythm of matches. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's have a few more questions for you. Really appreciate your sure. Time. Um, yeah, Simon. No problem. Um, well, what's your your favorite place you ever played tennis outside of Ireland? If we exclude um, the Irish. Probably the junior tournament in uh, Cap Die, right beside Monaco. Okay, um, it's on it's on the it's on the seaside in Monaco, which is really nice. Obviously, the four Grand Slams as well were were yeah top top of the pile as well. But um, outside of those ones, I I would say Cap in, in Nice. Um, and and what what what's your favorite shot or your best shot? Are they the same? Uh, yeah, <laughs> they want to be, wouldn't they? Um, my forehand is my favorite shot. Yeah, yeah, that, that's um, an easy one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, if you could start over just with your with tennis and taking it seriously, is there anything you'd do differently? Um, it's a good question. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm pre- still pretty young, but there <laughs> are there are a few there are a few small little things that um that I that I would change. I'd I'd definitely try and compete uh, a lot abroad and, and do and do some training blocks away with it. It's, it's easy, it's easy to say now, but the best training for young players and stuff is to play with players who are better than you and, and players who are kind of where you want to be. Um, I think that's the only way you're going to, you're going to be able to get there because otherwise you're not going to be able to see it. Um, I would have tried to co- incorporate that where, whether it be in Ireland, away in America, somewhere in Europe, that there's players who are a lot better than you and that you can spar with and practice with. Um, obviously, with 
with things like traveling with a coach and stuff, it's not always possible. Yeah. And um, financially and and logistically, it's it's really difficult. So I wouldn't say that's something I change. I try to do as much as I can. Um, but it's uh, obviously it's 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 really difficult thing to do and trying to set up a base where you can where you can really where you can really dip in and out of 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 a training base and stuff it would be ideal you know um it's tough to find it's a lot easier said than done and it's really tough to find but that would be a that would be a, a priority one for me going back yeah um, and what, what do you think is the hardest thing uh, for you about about life on tour and just traveling all the time um, one of the hardest things would probably be being away from family and friends. Um, okay. Right now, because we're in lockdown or whatever, it's yeah. it's a nice change to be able to get home. And, and personally, I'm I'm quite enjoying it because I know that I'll never get to spend this amount of time at home with my family and obviously not friends for the last few weeks. But hopefully, in the next few weeks, yeah. we'll go see our friends and stuff, and and that's going to help. But um, yeah, that's probably one of the toughest things. And being alone, um, th- those two kind of combined. Yeah, and um, I guess on the other side of it, what's your favorite thing about life on tour? You might be missing now. I guess mm. the, the flip side of it. Yeah, the, probably the favorite things that that I miss right now are I've I've some of my best friends um, who 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 are on the tour, and obviously I don't get to see them that much. But when I do see them, it's it's great to see them. Uh, the food from different countries, I miss the food from yeah. different countries. Um, just going just going somewhere new and settling in is is a good feeling like if you're going somewhere for two three weeks and yeah renting an apartment or something you settle in you're kind of like you, you got a good feeling about it because it's it's home for the next two three weeks or whatever however you're you're there and mm. um, that's always a nice feeling it's, and especially when you're with someone when you, if you're with a few other players it's it, it really helps and um, what's your favorite thing about tennis favorite thing about tennis is the Hmm, that's a good question actually. It's another one I probably haven't thought that much about. Um the competitive aspect of it. Um I think it's just the fact that it's you you against your opponent, no one else um no one else involved. Um it, it's just it's just probably one of my favorite things about it. It's it's pretty simple, I'm sure most a lot of a lot of other tennis players have said the same. Yeah. Um but yeah, that's probably one of one of my favorite things about it. Um, and then um, finally, well, whenever we do get back to pro tennis, um, what are yeah. your big your big goals, ambitions for I guess short term, but then uh, so some longer term goals as well. What, what do you have? Yeah, my short term, it's it's difficult to say because it's difficult to know when we're going to be back. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I'd, I'd like to I'd like to push through a little bit in challengers. Um, I'd like to have have a a deep run in a challenger um, soon from from when we get back, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, with if they freeze the rankings and stuff, I'll be able to get into some challenges, and hopefully, I'll, I'll have a deep run in one of them. Uh, and just become an established kind of challenger player who's playing, who can play some challenger or HP qualifying, and yeah. is playing challengers week in, week out. And um, it's difficult, difficult to say, obviously, with the time. And yeah. long, long term would be be top fifty in the world, competing, playing Grand Slams in the in the second second weeks of Grand Slams and and kind of competing in the the later stages, um, is 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 probably the main goal, you know. Yeah. And I think it's I think it's extremely, it, it's an extremely long road and it's extremely difficult, but I think that definitely, it's 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 accomplishable, you know. And and I wouldn't be at the, I wouldn't be doing it doing this otherwise. Yeah, so um, I think I think I'll leave it there, Simon. So thanks so much for, for your time for for talking. Um, I want to wish you just the very best for 
whenever we get back and for all those those girls you mentioned um perfect big thanks again to simon for his time and to everyone who has listened to this episode we're currently one week into the return to tennis and i know that i've really enjoyed getting back out on court i hope you're all having a good time and following all the restrictions and staying safe while you play as well if you enjoyed this episode please like it please like the video subscribe uh share it and with anyone you think might also enjoy it it really does help um help me spread the word so thank you very much for that until next time i've been adam thank you for listening and goodbye